three, two, one, and we're live. How's everyone doing today? My name is Kieran. I'm a communication scholar from the University of South Florida, and I have more questions than answers for you today. As a communication scholar, I'm going to use a social structural framework to understand the conversation we'll be having. Communication then can be best understood as a continuous, complex, collaborative process of verbal and nonverbal meaning making. I'm going to structure the conversations in this manner because people live in worlds of meaning, understood by their physical environment, time, relationships, spirituality, vocation, language, and technology. Communication is the process of collaboratively making sense of these meanings. And that is why I'm here today, because we all share the same world, but we seem to be continuously polarized. People are bound by their sense of meaning, and will reinforce that meaning with knowledge and data that best aligns with what they already know. However, what happens when two people have opposing views, ideals, and meanings of the, of the way things are? Do people come to negotiate and collaborate on meaning, or do we simply just stick with our own opinions? Is this how, is this how we solve problems? In order to find the answer, I want to create a dialogue with the public on solutions to these communication problems. Joining me today is Dr. Patak from the Women's Institute for Independent Social Inquiry. Dr. Patak has done extensive research on voting trends from 2008 to 2018 based on labor force status, age, race, and education. The statistics on missing voters and voters from 2008 to 2018 suggest a trend of continuous polarized opposition towards voting. In fact, in 2016, when President Trump got elected, 137.5 million people over the age of 18 voted. That's about 61.4% of the population while about 38.7% of the population did not vote. This suggests a conflict within our nation that needs to be addressed. Please help me welcome Dr. Patak to the podcast to answer some questions about her research. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Patak. Could you start us off by telling us a little about yourself and the organization you have started? Sure. I am the president of the Women's Institute for Independent Social Inquiry, which we call WISE. And WISE is a new think tank based in the Washington, D.C. area. And we have a broad mandate. Basically, we are a progressive-oriented think tank um, trying to bring in a multidisciplinary perspective, working towards a more just society. Thank you. And what is the purpose of the Missing Voters Project? We started the Missing Voters Project because we were really interested in understanding why people who don't vote don't vote. And most of the organizations that are working on voting and increasing voting participation are partisan organizations of one kind or another. They're affiliated either directly or indirectly with the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, or some other political organization. And we felt as a think tank that we could bring a nonpartisan approach to trying to understand why people don't vote. And we use um, for the reports that we've put out for the 2016 election and the 2018 election, we use data that is collected by the Census Bureau, and it's really rigorous data, and it's of a much higher quality than what 
gets reported in the news from like telephone polls and surveys that are done by political parties. And the other thing that's great about the data that we use is that the participants were not, they were asked about their voting behaviors and they were asked about why they didn't vote, but they were not asked about their political party. They were not asked about who they voted for. So this really keeps the data sort of nonpartisan and not focused on political ideologies, but rather focused on the barriers that exist for individual people in why they don't vote. Okay. And do you believe this research will impact people at the local level and empower them to vote? Well, we're hoping that getting the information out to local communities will help them understand what the barriers are that exist for for either certain geographic areas or certain demographic groups like young people. Um, for example, one of the reasons that we found was pretty important for uh, potential voters who are 18 to 24 years old. So these are high school grads, college students, people who are just, you know, they're young people. One of the important reasons that we found was deadlines or timing. And we found that there were a significant percent of young people who said that they didn't vote because they forgot. They forgot to vote or they missed the deadline. And so that's a kind of barrier that uh, a group might be able to intervene on, like understanding that, okay, young people need reminders. They need help in meeting deadlines. They need help in remembering what day they're supposed to go and vote. Maybe we'll help increase voting participation for that demographic group. Okay, and my last question here is, there seems to be a rigid dichotomy between Republicans and Democrats at the national, state, and local level. Does this communication problem impact voting? It definitely does. And we see this because um, when we looked at the reasons for not voting among all missing voters, we had a group of reasons that was our number one. It accounted for a third of people who didn't vote. And this reason, we, we labeled it apathy or aversion or futility. And so apathy is people said that they're just not interested in the election or politics. Aversion is I just don't like the candidates. I don't like the issues. And futility is my vote doesn't matter. And so these, all of these, uh, uh, I like to summarize apathy, aversion, or futility in a simpler way, which is just bad feelings. So there's a, there's a large number of people out there who have bad feelings about voting and about elections, and especially, you know, don't like the candidates or the issues. I think that there are people who react to the, the fighting and the conflict between political parties by just disengaging altogether, just saying, I don't want to be part of it. I don't like it. I'm not going to bother to vote. It doesn't matter if I vote. So I, I also think that these reasons are really hard to overcome. I think that's probably the most challenging group of reasons for not voting. You know, deadlines or timing, for example, is you know, that's a barrier, but there's specific things that we can do to help people um, overcome those barriers. Overcoming aversion and apathy are is a much larger challenge, I think, 
But I do feel that those reasons come out of some of the, um, you know, the partisanship and the political fighting that goes on. And some people just don't like it. And so they, they back off from it. Thank you for that insight, Dr. Patak. And thank you for joining us on this podcast today. I had a great time talking with you. Thank you for having me.